Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. I'm Paul Doolan, joined this week on the phone by Fergus Craig. Hello, Fergus. Hi, Paul. How are you? I'm good. As I just said, I was just... I've got into a habit, it seems, just before you call me for the for the Natter recording, I'll often fall asleep <laughs> in the afternoon. I think it's because I think to myself, ooh... Paul will be calling in a bit. I can't really get anything. It's not worth starting anything productive now. Uh, I'll I'll just lie down for a minute. I like to think it's... I always fall asleep. I like to think I'm a kind of Father Christmas figure to you and you think I have to get to sleep so that I could be ready for his arrival. Mm, one not... more sleep until Paul. <laughs> yeah. Before we go any further with the podcast, I should say... The thing I've been enjoying most this week isn't football. It's the video output of Fergus Craig. Phenomenal stuff. If you're a fan of comedy, just follow Fergus on Twitter and have a look at the videos he's been posting because they are ridiculously good. Oh, that's nice of you to say. It's a level of output that um, suggests a depressive in his manic phase. (laughs) (laughs) True. But... It's keep that going. Manic depressives tend to mm. keep that level going for years, don't they? Yeah, I think that's the way it works. Yeah, it's fine. Best not to analyse it. Thanks, Paul. But the best thing to analyse is Newcastle United's one-all draw with Wolverhampton Wanderers. Where do we begin? Uh, yeah, Did- well, yeah. I watched it. I was. I, I read afterwards that it was... Um, a, a, a bad game, but I quite enjoyed it. It was sort of yeah. I feel like the bar's been lowered so much that because we have this tag as Newcastle supporters of expecting too much, but I felt like that game met my expectations and I wasn't too disappointed, which is quite depressing. I think on the day, uh, certainly in the first half, we were quite. We seemed like two quite evenly matched teams. Yeah. 
I did a, uh, I did something I've not done for ages and watched the game having recorded it and doing the likely lads thing of trying not to find out the score. But the good thing about cool. being a Newcastle fan at the minute is it's not, we're not headline news, so you can actually go about your day quite easily and not find out what happened. Oh, certainly, yeah. But yeah, I thought first it's half very, as well. very easy to do in Canada. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> first half, I think we maybe edged it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the stats are. I always have uh, what I see in a game is always very different to like the stats because yeah. I, I can't remove myself from my own personal biases. But they um, uh, felt to me like we were putting on moderate pressure onto the Wolves' yeah. defence, but they seem quite well organised and it was difficult for us to break through. It's too and what quite... it took for us to break through, what it took for us to break through was um, a centre-back crossing for a centre-back. <laughs> yeah. Head in. Well, th- this is definitely a problem at the minute, our lack of goals, especially from up front. If you look at St. Maxim and Joe Linton and Almiron combined... Our three attackers have scored one goal between them this season. I think our cent- and no assists. No assists. I think our centre backs have done significantly better. It is with each passing game, it is getting more and more ridiculous. Yeah, Almiron. Almiron looks so bereft of confidence. It's hard to see what the answer is apart from. If, I think it just needs a winter break. I think he just needs a cuddle. I think he needs to be put on a regime. A cuddling regime. Of, of cuddling. That could work. Um, yeah. The thing is that they've all got... It's not like when you get players come to you and and you go, oh, what the fuck is this and why have we bought them? Like, yeah. I don't know. Riviera, for example. Or, funnily enough, weirdly, like... Tovan, although he went on to being to be good, but he really didn't show a lot for us. Yeah, but- Tovan didn't really show anything, so it was more surprised. Whereas if if Almiron was to leave us now and go to another league and start scoring loads, you wouldn't be that surprised. We, you can see there's a good player in there. He's just so panicked when he gets towards the goal. All Is three it- of them, you can see that they've got. Um, uh, a lot going for them. I mean, personally, but, I'm, uh, I'm loving St. Maximan at the moment. Yeah, he's, he's usually entertaining. Yeah, we've not had that for a while. And he, he's our, he looks like our only attacking player. The problem is it doesn't look tactically brilliant at the minute where our main plan is get it to him and hope something happens. Well, there's also, I mean... I'm all for luxury players, even though we're a team that does not earn mm. luxury players. But um, it did feel like, because he's not the type to track back much, which to give Almiron credit where it's due, he definitely is the type to do yeah. that. But it meant that on uh, St. Maximan's side, we were, um, and I know I just pronounced his name wrong, St. Maximin, on his side... Uh, we were getting um, uh, Wolves were having a lot of joy down his side yeah. because well, he wasn't was, tracking back. 
It was sort of a solid, like, you know, when two boxers are just knackered and just slug it out. It was sort of him and Adama Traore doing exactly the same down that side. Neither of them looking to defend, so both were able to attack. It was oddly even. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is there much to um, say about the goal? It was it was better taken than anything any of our strikers have done this season. Yeah, I, I've obviously watched it live. I watched it in the highlights. Did it come after a corner? I think. It may, yes, there was, a, work out why there was a corner or a free <laughs> kick, and they were up for that, and then it, it got cleared and then came back. Yeah, there was that stage a couple of years ago when Lascelles seemed to be banging in goals every other week, and then he stopped. But he is, um, he's he is a, a force, isn't he? He should be scoring more the... from corners, really. But I don't know if that's more to do with his ability or our corner takers. Maybe. But yeah, I mean, he's a frightening prospect coming at you through the air. <laughs> yeah, no, I can picture it. He's a, big, he's a big man. He's a big guy. Oh, while we're on the topic of Lascelles, while I remember, uh, he should have given away a penalty there, shouldn't he? Was this the shirt pull one? The shirt pull, the absolute yeah. blatant shirt and shoulder pull. We've done quite well out of VAR this like, season because that yeah. probably should have been a penalty. If there was less margin for error with referee decisions, you'd think that would have definitely been given. I think Lascelles has given away uh, three should have been penalties yeah. on his own. Interestingly as well, seeing another centre-back coming in. We must have, uh, I think we must have played five or six different centre-backs this season. Fernandez came in, looked very good as well. I think there is an argument at some point for him playing instead of Lascelles. If we were to stick with those three centre-backs, who do you think would be, if Lejeune's fit, what's our best three? Well, Lejeune started... Uh, this week for the under-23s, didn't he? So he is... Uh, He's coming back, yeah. He imminent. managed 45 minutes, I think. Uh, and Fabian Shah is currently injured. Mm. But if they were all fit, then Shah and Lejeune I would choose. And as my third, I, th- I think... I think... Yeah, Fernandez. I suppose. It's not a bad position like to be in where you're choosing between Fernandez, Clark, Dummett and Lascelles. I think, you know, Lascelles does have things going for him as well. Yeah. He just get on my tits a bit. I think with Cher and Lejeune either side of him, he doesn't then have the pressure to try and play. Worst thing about Lascelles is when he tries to play football, which is a criticism I think you could level at many of our players. And he does have a bit of the Stephen Taylor in him. Yeah. Where he's a sort of poor man's John Terry, where he's like that sort of like, he's uh, the last ditch defender who will do anything he can yeah. to stop us conceding a goal. But that includes uh, giving away what should be penalties. Yeah. I also wouldn't be too surprised if 
if we were to win a trophy and he didn't play in the game, I would not be surprised to see him come out in a kit, a la John Terry. Yep, yep. He's but nice guy, nice guy. Well, we we only know what we see, don't we? We don't yeah. know what goes on behind the scenes. But I think half-time, the Wolves game, we seemed pretty much on top. The goal was set. When did we score? It was in the first half, wasn't it? It was in the first half. I mean, let's, let's not dress this up. It was a shit game. I suppose so. But second half, you just thought, let's... Wolves couldn't really do much worse, and they didn't. And we just sat back, and you kind of thought something was going to come. They missed a few guilt-edged chances, and then finally they did manage to score. Yeah. What was your view on the goal? Because I'm struggling to remember (laughs) it, to be honest. (laughs) It was a it was a Debravka error. Oh God! That's yes. what it's been put down as. Uh, it was a you know a, a, a flap. flap. Although to be fair to him, uh, it was a difficult situation. Uh, it was one of those where it's kind of like should the keeper come for it? Should they not? If you can get to it, it's inevitable that it'd be a slap uh, a flap. But for all he knew, and I get the feeling that he that Yedlin who was just behind him, should have given him a shout and didn't. Yeah. I know what you mean, but at the same time, the only reason you'd flap at that is because it's about to land in a dangerous area. So don't then flap it into a much more dangerous area where a player is waiting. I think what happened is Dubravka's just got a six-year contract. Yes. <laughs> and therefore... Are we the only club that does six-year contracts Throw at least well? one goal in... Say that again? Are we the only club that does six-year contracts? It seems to be a general thing. I don't... Nowhere else I, seems I think to be more than I it's pretty rare. Yeah, it does seem odd. And we I mean, Alan Pardew's only just... To managers, yeah. Yeah, Pardew's only just finished his eight-year contract with us, I think. Yeah. It does seem odd. It's like, why six years? It's not yeah. that... It's not that he's this huge asset now. I wonder if it's more... You would say maybe it's so that you can get a good transfer fee if you want to sell him, but then the extra year is not going to make much difference. No, and it's not... I mean, Dubravka's a half-decent keeper. Uh, Yeah, he's not looking the play we did last He's never going to be a 50 million keeper, is he? No. It was an odd one. So, but yeah, yeah, I think that goal has to go down as a Dubravka mistake. But he's had a few of them this season. And you kind of wish... I mean, Freddie Woodman's doing well at Swansea and he's looking like our second best keeper. But there's not really... Is Rob Elliott still with us? I think so. He's still a Newcastle player. The only, the only time I see him is on Twitter. He's decorating at the moment. <laughs> well, he just seems to be walking dogs on the beach and talking about how much he loves the area, which, which is great, but it's not... It's hardly knocking on yeah, Nebraska's he's, door. He's still ours. He's got a contract with us until uh, the end of the season. Uh, uh, yeah, Rob Elliott. 
six years younger than me. That is ridiculous. In my head, Rob Elliott is like 15 years older than me. Yeah. And will come around to fix problems with your house. I think, yeah, I think Rob Elliott is a good shout for of everyone in the in the Premier League, the player who looks most like uh, somewhat like a an odd jobs man who pop around your house. I think Saint Maximan takes that for me. Wow! With his <laughs> with his headbands and his flamboyancy. Maybe in Beverly Hills. Yeah. No, I think you're right. It's hard to look too much. I mean, James Milner has got to be up there. It's true. Yeah, but James Milner, you know, he's quite... Um, he's quite buff, isn't he? Is he? Is he yeah, really, he is. though? Yeah, I'm not sure I'd describe James Milner as buff. I think... Yeah, I would. I think he's he's quite. I mean, it looks like he might have like a he might like nip be working around your house and then nip out to get in his lunch and it's um, Donna meat and chips. <laughs> but they do call him gorgeous James Milner whenever they're commentating. I can't. Yeah, I can't see any glamour difference between the two of them. I think the fact we've veered off topic again says just how enthralling the Wolves game was. The only other thing to talk about, I think, is the red card that Sean Longstaff got. Before that, though, the midfield two of the Longstaff brothers its only really looked good against a very weak Man U team. Are they, did that game flatter them? Are they just sort of okay? And I think the jury's still out. I think they're still pretty exciting players for us to have. I mean, it, yes, it got peak levels of excitement after that game. And like Martin Keown was saying, like the, the next Carrick and Skulls, yeah. which was over the top. Or but was it under the top? It was It was top. I, I still think they're our best central midfield pairing at the moment I just trust them to work hard and they're mobile and they are they I think have, Isaac you know, Hayden they do a lot is of probably, running and they've got a lot of energy I think Isaac Hayden's probably um, up there as well one thing that the weekend showed is that John Joe Shelby just doesn't look arsed at all well he might get on mightn't he in the next game now that Sean will be Hopefully it'll only be a one-game ban. Yeah, I'm trying to think if Hayden will be back by then. So that'll be three games in a row for Matty Longstaff. It could be Hayden and Matty Longstaff. Yeah, might Which be. wouldn't be the worst. But yeah, yeah the, the Hayden, Longstaff sending Hayden's off. available. The Longstaff sending off. Was, do you think it was a red? Because I wasn't too sure. I think the Wolves players' reaction makes it an easier red to give. I think in the current, I think nowadays that is a red because, mm. the, because he was out of control. Apparently, he apologised to the referee. So <laughs> his, his, his face was just very immediately 
as he was like still sliding, you saw him like cringe. Uh, I mean, to be fair, he could have easily he... had at least one yellow before then as well. There were a lot, oh, of, yeah. a lot of fouls when Wolves were countering that normally would see a yellow. But if you're a young English prospect, tends not to get it because you're not that type of player. Yeah. Well, I think I think that's everything for the Wolves game, isn't it? Do you feel like it was worth you travelling across town for this podcast today? Uh, I was already in town for a meeting. Otherwise, Good. otherwise, I'd be much more resentful. Good, because um, I feel like there's not a great deal to talk about, no. and I've I've spunked all of my creative energy on uh, video output and a nap. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's take a break and see if we come back with more creative output after these messages. Think you know everything about Frank Sinatra? Then think again. Award-winning Richard Shelton brings Frank Sinatra's story and his iconic songs to life in a new show at Wilton's Music Hall in London, October the 22nd through to November the 2nd. Go to wiltons.org.uk and grab your tickets now. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. Fergus, did you have a nap during the break? Just a quick one, a power nap, yeah. What are we going to talk about that is in any way positive about Newcastle in the second half? Because I feel like the first half was very down and understandably so. I don't think it was particularly down. I don't think it was particularly downbeat. You I know, sobbed all the way uh, through. You probably couldn't, obviously you couldn't hear it. That's true, yeah. But, um, you know, yes, it was at home, but we we got a point against a side who are currently playing in Europe, you know. They're, yeah. They're, um, uh, I tell you what, actually, Friday night made side. our loss to Leicester not look so bad as well. Certainly. Leicester that beating was, Southampton uh, 9-0, which got us out of the relegation zone. Yeah, Southampton look bad. Norwich look bad. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's some bad teams Watford out there. Watford look bad. Newcastle look bad. look bad. But I think... The Goldfinch film looks like it's going to be bad. It does look bad. Mm. I don't think I'm going to watch it. And speaking so, yeah, of Donatart... Um... <laughs> I don't have a segue from Donatart into what comes next for us. One thing that came out from the Wolves game that isn't surprising, and, well, confirmed where we are, statistically, we are the least attacking team in the league on every metric. And we are not a very entertaining team to watch. I still think we've looked as boring as this last year, but it's hard to see... Are we capable of attacking football or is it just let's hope to draw or not concede? I think St. Maximin sort of does a lot of exciting play 
that doesn't really reveal itself in stats. Yes. He's like the anti-Perez. Right, yeah. Perez who seemed to do nothing but kept scoring and getting assists. And who got a hat-trick on Friday night for Leicester. Um, But yeah, St. Maximin and, you know, dribbles aren't the first thing that people look at. And I guess he doesn't... um, uh, he hasn't even been getting a lot of completed dribbles for us because he's a classic sort of beat three been, players and then lose it. I think there's been quite a few, but yeah. I mean, if you beat three players and then lose it, doesn't that count as three completed dribbles in one incomplete? Is that the way it works? Uh, yeah, I think so. The good thing about him is he's one of the few players we have that can actually get the crowd or what crowd is there, up on their feet. We've not really got many of them, and they will be quite crucial this year because our home atmosphere is not going to be particularly good. We've got the... Um, with Our front three are sort of like the opposite of the Liverpool front three, aren't they? Mm. You know how when people all say, you know, when one of uh, theirs isn't firing, the other two will be? Yeah. Whereas ours, it's like none of them are firing at any point. <laughs> yeah, they do but say they... Joe Ellington is meant to be, as a player, sort of Firmino-esque. And we seem to be playing right. him as Andy Carroll and just leaving him on his own up there and hoofing a ball up to him. I feel like that's not the instructions, though. I feel like Almiron and St. Maximin are supposed to be closer to him. yeah. But should he then be deeper for that with them running off him? I'm not sure. I mean, we just, our default move seems to be to be 10 yards further back than we need to be at all times. We're getting into the realms here of things I really don't know about. Yeah. I don't know. I don't don't really know know anything about football, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've been heavily involved in a football podcast for five or six years now. I don't know anything about it. Never admit you don't know. And it, then this whole veneer comes crashing down. Nobody it knows. Was that, uh, Look at Talk Sport. No one there knows. Alan Brazil true. looks like he's going yeah. to explode. The worst moment of the game, I thought, was... Which looked for a moment like it was going to be the best moment of the game, was that counter-attack... When we had like, I don't know what it was, four and three or something. Oh, yeah. Almiron was running with the ball. It was like, it looked like such a good opportunity. And there were so many things Almiron could have done with that ball. Mm. And he just gave it away in in such a boring way. And he had that almost one-on-one where Matty Longstaff played a, a great ball through to him and just used his used the wrong foot at the last minute. I just think as soon as he gets near a goal, his brain switches off. I don't know, is it, so is it better to have a player who's good enough to get into those chances but then waste them, or would you rather have someone who just wouldn't get there? No, it's definitely better to have someone who... But then it's like, look what you could situations. have won. It's almost taunting. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't. 
it's, it's coming up to it's coming up to him being with us for a year. I know, but then you could any other team. If they sign a player for twenty million quid, they can afford to let them not play that often and then come good. I mean, Spurs have had any number of that sort of player. We just don't do it. Like, if you cost over £10 million, you're going to start every game as long as your legs are working. Unless you're Jacob Murphy. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah. I mean, he was our record, record signing when we got him. And yeah. on talent alone, it's hard to say that, you know, you should be picking Muto or... or um, Atsu ahead of This me. is the frustrating thing. He's clearly very talented. But just... I mean, you, we're all... The annoying thing is, every Newcastle fan is thinking, as soon as he gets one goal, that's it. But what if it isn't as well? It might It might just be that's what we've got. Yeah. I, I still think that we won't go down. And I still think that there are... You know, I'm 50-50. We'll, we'll string together enough goals. Somehow. I still think it often comes down to calibre of manager. And I still don't think any other fan of any other Premier League club would switch managers with us. But apparently Bruce is going to have money to spend in the transfer window. Well, is, don't we always hear that before every transfer window? Yeah. I almost certainly guarantee there'll be more takeover rumours before the next transfer window as well. What? Um, what? Who would you spend it that money on? I think even though we're not getting the goals, it's, we're not really creating chances. It's, it's hard to tell if it's personnel we need or a change of system. Definitely wouldn't mind another central midfielder, but you look at. The rest of the team. Willems has looked good at left wing back. I think he'd be fine at left back in a four four two as well. Centre back we're fine at. Right back maybe, but we've got three right backs at the minute. I think we need to get rid of Shelby and replace him with someone that might actually get a game. I think it'd be in a just uh, practical way trying to avoid going down. I think, I don't know who it is. Well, whoever the equivalent of Rondon was last season, like just someone who is, uh, has a, a record of scoring in the Premier League. Yeah. But is out of favour somewhere or is a bit old. Mitrovic? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't mean Rondon, you sort of think, Somebody like Chris Wood from Burnley. That's yeah. Who would be too expensive for us? But then Andy Carroll is that, isn't he? He but is, but he's injured again, isn't yeah. he? I mean, yeah, it'd be lovely if he could come along, give us ten goals this season. But yeah, I think an older uh, head up front would make a difference. And Jolinton apparently can play on the left of a front three. There's lots of people saying that's where he played for Hoffenheim. I think it was that he came from. 
But him leading the light, it's just too much pressure on him. He's not doing terribly, but it's it's not working either. I mean, I don't trust us to to make enough opportunities for him, but Gale is a goal scorer. Yeah. Not really uh, consistently proven at all at the Premier League level. But I'd be much uh, more confident with him in some of those positions that Almiron and, and Joe yeah. Linton are getting into. The problem with Gale, having him up front, so much of our game is just predicated on long balls and someone holding it up. As soon as we lose that, we're already the lowest possession team in the league, I think. We'll just have the ball coming straight yeah. back. But I know what you mean. It might, we need something to change the way we're playing, you would think. Especially games like Sunday where we're at home and should be looking to win. I think more than anything, it's it's confidence. Mm. But I think it could be like last the, season. The things, system itself isn't that bad. Things tend to click a bit more as soon as Lejeune's fit. Well, I think that's what happened last season as well. Once he came back, that's when we really went on a bit more of a run. He does make it. He's one of our most creative players. I think that would make quite a difference. I I do reckon, I do. We just need a team of centre-backs. Well, it's what we're good at at the minute. It's weird to say that about Newcastle. Isn't I know it? the the team that brought Titus Bramble and Boomsong. That's where we are, and I'll tell you where we are on Saturday, Fergus. We're at, where know, are we? We're not at Upton Park. What is it? The uh, the London Stadium. The London Stadium. Hmm. West Ham look quite uh, good as well. Well, as you remember, one of my favourite footballing memories ever. Is uh, West Ham away with you? Yeah, that was my. I think when, that was my favourite away day. Yeah, for those who uh, aren't bored of us telling the story, uh, myself and Paul—I don't know—about four or five seasons ago, went to watch us lose away at West Ham, and then looking for a pub after the game, could only find a West Ham pub. And went in dis- disguised as West Ham fans. We hid our and, thick, uh, thick Geordie accents. Yeah. And just like basically got quite pissed celebrating. <laughs> yeah. With a Rod Stewart impersonator on stage singing for the West Ham fans. And there was just like such a positive atmosphere in the pub. It's like, yeah, we beat those Geordie bastards. And just really enjoyed being around it. <laughs> I do wonder if that Rod Stewart guy was booked beforehand or they just, they were watching teletext and saw they were going to win and thought we'd better ring him up. <laughs> we're going we're gonna <laughs> to need him for this. I think if you can get away with it, that's, I highly recommend if your team loses, go to a pub where the opposing fans are. Yeah. And uh, and celebrate with them. But yeah, Likewise, West Ham... if, you, if you're going to a funeral, try and find a wedding nearby. Just go and enjoy that. Yeah, just balance it out. Yes, West Ham are having a, a relatively good season. Although 
just looking here, they haven't won for four games. Have they not? No, they drew their last one against Sheffield United. They lost oh. two before that and drew the one before that. So they were on a bit of a run, but that's tapering off now. So I'm going to be honest, I'm not holding out much hope for this game. But you never know, fairly attacking team with us away from home. That does seem to be where we're best at the minute. Yeah, I'm a bit more confident with us away from home than yeah. home right now. I mean, it's a damning indictment of where we are that we seem to come unstuck when we have to try and play football. Now, actually, just looking at it, we're on a, we've got a run of games coming up now where... You wouldn't make us favourite in many of them or even any of them, but you'd want us to be picking up some points. We've got West Ham, then Bournemouth, then Villa, then Manchester City, but then Sheffield United, Southampton, Burnley, Palace. This is the lead up to Christmas. That's a good run. I would say if we we don't get 12 points from those games, then Bruce should be having quite... How many games is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games before Boxing Day. Yeah, I think we should be looking minimum 12 points from those. Yeah, I would hope more. I mean, Man City is the only complete write-off. But I think at the end of that, we're going to see whether we are or aren't fucked for the season. (sighs) Just in time for Christmas. And of course, there'll um, there's going to be an election in December. Yeah, will you so be back in time to vote? Get, be getting distracted. Oh, yeah. uh, no, I won't be back in time to vote. But I can. I need to arrange a postal vote. Let's go through the, it, the main parties, and you have to pick a Newcastle player that you think would be most likely to vote for that party. This is a good game, and I'm going to go with it. Okay. okay. Lib Dem. <laughs> Lib Dem. I think. Ooh, who's the most? I'm going Muto. Like, I think that's a good shout. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take that Muto. Okay. Brexit party. Brexit party. Well, <laughs> I mean, we're both thinking Shelby. Yeah, aren't we? <laughs> I'm thinking Shelby. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Conservatives. Hayden, maybe. That's a good. That's a good shout. Yeah, or, or maybe Rob Elliott. Possibly. Yeah, he just wants to get on with it. Yeah, just get on with it. Yeah. Labour. Mm, Paul Dummett no no um, St Maximin <laughs> I could imagine him showing he... up in Momentum video actually yeah he's a, you know he's a champagne socialist hasn't he been showing up at food banks and stuff yeah that's true St Maximin is Labour I wouldn't be surprised if the long staff so... yeah you know that's all the main ones, isn't it? Done. 
There we go. Yeah, who uh, says you don't <laughs> learn stuff from this podcast? Hopefully we'll have football to talk about soon. Because I think what we've learned from today is we are woefully <laughs> underprepared for anything else. Yeah. But hey. That's why, yeah. what we are, isn't it? Exactly. Right, what's you your prediction for West Ham? with an underwhelming product. Um, West Ham, I think we will... I think... I think it's going to be another 1-1. One, one. Uh, I'm going to go 3-0 West Ham. Oh! Yeah. Okay. They seem to raise their game a bit against us and can be annoyingly good. I'd like to be wrong. I hope you're wrong. Yeah. Now, fuck it, I'm going to go for a win. I think we're going to win 2-1. Wow. Fair yeah. Enough. I mean, where those goals are coming from, I don't know, but... Yeah, this is what... I can't see us scoring more than a goal in many games. I mean, we've got... Is it six goals in our first ten games? Yeah, it's not is, a lot. That's mad. It's got a pick up somewhere, isn't it? I mean, you have to... It is remarkable that we're not in the bottom three when we're scoring a goal every other game. But, you know, we've had a couple of wins and a couple of draws, is not it? Yeah. So. It could be picking up or it could be very bad. I think, like you say, we'll know by Christmas. And on that bombshell... I think it's probably time to wrap it up. There's not much else to say, I think. We forgot to do Twitter <laughs> questions this week. So we'll do it next week. All right, guys. Okie doke. Thank you so much for sticking with us, guys. If you have stuck with us this long, you some form of medal is deserved. There will be better times, we promise. Don't, don't forget, we're still getting it together with the merch. There's going to be some Nata merch coming out. <laughs> we're start, it's just motorbikes at the minute. Natter the motorbikes, Mo- and then we're going to do T-shirts after that if the motorbikes sell. So do yeah, sign up. So basically, yeah, we've just started with a small order of five hundred motorbikes, <laughs> yeah. all kitted out in in uh, Natter uh, insignia. Um, so yeah, to see if we can um, uh, get one of our Natter motorbikes and uh, support the park. <laughs> And if they take off, we'll start selling caps and badges, things like that. So, Yeah, but we're sticking with the motorbikes for now. Of course. We're not idiots. Right. Thank you very much, Fergus Craig. Thank you, Paul. And thank you to you, the Natter listeners. Goodbye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.